Welcome to the Stronger Than Autoimmune podcast. I'm your host, Desiree Worland. As an autoimmune warrior myself, I understand that day-to-day, even moment-to-moment, living with autoimmunity isn't easy. You're not alone. This podcast is to give hope to living with an autoimmune disease. I ask you to follow and share the podcast. Before I introduce my next guest, listen how this podcast was made possible. Today, I will be introducing you to Aneri Patel, the CEO and founder of Empower Health. I brought her on the show to share her own journey through the healthcare system and how it sparked the vision of Empower Health, which is a community-based healthcare provider review platform. The mission is to eliminate bias in care, one patient-physician interaction at a time. So let's get started. Thank you for joining me today. I know you have a full plate as CEO. Before we get started into Empower Health, can you share a little bit more with us on what you enjoy on doing your free time? What refuels your soul? <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, so when I'm not, when I wasn't in school or working on Empower Health, uh, I love spending time with my family and friends, you know, having dinners with them, cooking together, but I also love going on bike rides or roller skating. Um, I also love like playing sports when I'm able to. So volleyball, basketball, or badminton is kind of a way to get, you know, that competitive spirit in me like out in like a very like healthy, fun way. Um, and then lastly, and this is something I'm very proud of is I love going on ice cream runs. It's my guilty pleasure. It's like late night. Um, and in LA, actually, I have a list of like 20 ice cream spots that I'm like, these are like go-tos. I go to them all the time. Um, and it's just, it's just so fun for me. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're gonna have to get a vlog out so we can figure out where are the best places to go. And yeah. are you the more the merrier, the more variety? Is that better? Or you're just chocolate or vanilla type of person? No, I'm like the more variety, the better, the weirder, the flavor, the better. Um, there's a, a store called Salt and Straw, which has an olive oil flavor and that is my absolute favorite which I know sounds kind of ridiculous um but yeah I I just love viewing ice cream as a vessel to like explore different parts of the world try new flavors um seeing how creative you know people can get with them yeah it's really fun for me (laughs) that sounds that sounds like a taste into a new world, like you said. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, that is interesting, olive oil ice cream. <laughs> and now that we talked about that, would you mind opening up and sharing your experience of how, what sparked the, the fuel behind this Empower Health vision yeah, of company? Of course, of course. So when I was in 10th grade, I started having difficulty breathing. I was sitting in English class and I felt very short of breath. Um, I couldn't take a deep breath no matter how hard I tried. And and I thought I would, it would go away um, as quickly as the problem had risen, but unfortunately that was not the case. And um, it just was, it was perpetual. So around 50% of the time I was fine, but at other times, no matter 
where I was or what I was doing, whether that was watching TV, eating dinner, sitting in a classroom or working out, um, I would suddenly feel short of breath. And, and that's what began my undiagnosed breathing condition for two years. Over the next two years, I would go to over 15 doctors as they tried to diagnose me. Um, and I, I experienced the full extent of the healthcare system from urgent cares to ERs to primary care physicians, specialists, testing centers, telehealth, like you name it, I've probably been through it at some point. Um, and I kept getting diagnosed with asthma. And so they would try an inhaler, that inhaler wouldn't work. So a month later, we would, we would try another one. And I think I went through all the major inhalers that you can possibly um, like, like get or are common to, to, to have. And so, yeah, th that was kind of the beginning of my, my journey. Wow. That, that seems like what any autoimmune chronic illness warrior has gone through. It's doctor after doctor, lab test and needles and uh, medication and then you yeah. need medication for that medication yeah um I, I certainly do not envy anyone that that experiences that at all like I, being through it myself it just opened my eyes to um the struggles that, that a lot of people across the country like continually face um and and like to go more specifically into why I started Empower, um, I, ha I experienced like medical gaslighting. So um, my gastroenterologist uh, that I had waited three months to see um, asked me what my symptoms were. And this was like around two years in. Um, I started crying, explaining my pain, my discomfort, the story of how my health condition had progressed from annoying to essentially downright unlivable. Um, and he told me, you're being emotional. This is all in your head. You're fine. Stop crying. You're not sick. And it, it made me question whether I had been imagining the symptoms I had experienced. I, I knew it wasn't possible. Like I, I had spent so much time writing them down. I, I, I knew the stomach issues that I was having, you know, <laughs> the breathing issues, um, like when they would happen. Like I, I tried so hard to track every aspect of, of of my condition. Um, and yeah, I just had spent so long for a physician that I hoped would essentially fix me to not even try. But thankfully my, my dad was there and he was able to like vouch for me and my symptoms, which I don't know if I honestly would have been able to do like alone as a 16 year old like girl with a, you know, 55 year old like male doctor. Um, and then after like urging him to believe that my sickness was not fictional, he agreed to my suggestion, which was an endoscopy. But then in the endoscopy waiting room, you know, right before the anesthesia kicked in, he, he walks into the room, looks at me and says, I forgot why you're here. Can you talk to me? Oh, and I, and I was like, what, what is happening right now? Like, like he has his, my charts in front of me. He's the one that, you know, did like agree to it. Um, knows what my condition is and he actually mentioned like some symptoms that I didn't have at all like I think he confused me with another patient um, and, and at that moment I kind of broke I, I had lost faith in the medical system uh, for the next two years I refused to go to a doctor's office unless absolutely necessary I pushed off appointments because I was not afraid of 
because I was afraid of not being believed and like every time I, I just remember like being in the car heading to another doctor's office and and having a pit in my stomach and just feeling really anxious because I was I was tired I was tired of navigating my condition tired of having to explain the same things over and over again to each doctor tired of vouching for myself and standing up for myself um and yeah yeah it's just very exhausting in general well I'm glad you had your dad there and it that support system is is helpful because some people don't have anybody you know these chronic um autoimmune warriors go into a doctor's office and they're older and they don't have anybody yeah and it sounds like not only this doctor didn't have empathy he just wasn't keeping track of who you were you were just another surgery not yeah. you're a patient with these symptoms let's try to figure out what's going on yeah and I really wish there was a little bit more of that, like, one-on-one -on -one care. Like, even if it's as simple as, you know, remembering the name of the person you're seeing and addressing them by their name when you, like, walk into the, the office. Um, yeah, and I, I can get into that a little bit later when we start, like, talking about Empower specifically. But, um, yeah, all of these experiences just kind of contributed to the fundamental principles of what Empower Health would be. I, I kept these experiences in the back of my mind, like what I wish the system would be in the back of my mind. Um, and yeah. Yeah, and from what I can remember is you've kept these experiences, but you almost went through your whole high school career, university learning, higher education, trying to build exactly what you've built today. Yeah. Yeah, I did. So when I was um, when I was in high school, I was actually like pre-med. I really wanted to become a doctor. And then I saw everything that was like wrong with the system. And I started thinking, OK, how can I enact change in a way that's not from a like like one doctor treating patients, but like high level systematic change through coming up with like products and solutions that can make healthcare more affordable, accessible, and empathetic to people. Um, and so that's kind of when I started getting into entrepreneurship and technology as a way to do that. And so in college, um, I joined clubs that built apps for nonprofits, that consulted nonprofits on business problems. I was part of a venture capital club to learn how to raise money and what makes a su successful founder. Um, and, and these are things that I'm genuinely interested in. So it wasn't like I was all doing it just to, to build Empower, but each of the, these like learnings, each project that I'd worked on had kind of contributes to how I run Empower today. Um, and and like, yeah, why I have the skills to be able to, to build this platform that so many of us want. Yeah, it, it all your learns just built upon itself. Yeah. So thank you for all that learning. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> How long did it take for you to feel better? You have built this company, but from 16 to where you're at today, how did you do it? Yeah. 
So as I touched on before, you know, being sick took a mental toll as one as a phys- as well as a physical one. I was anxious all the time. I was catastrophizing my situation, imagining the worst possible outcomes for myself. And it was just a very negative cycle of thought. There were many nights where I would just like be so sad, honestly, like in my mom's lap because I just wanted to get better so badly, which is like, um, it's not something that like I'm proud of saying because like oh my gosh like I was like you know almost an adult at that point in time but but it's really hard to to go through anything like this and, and I know a lot of us like lean in on our families which is something I did too but um there were a few key realizations that I had it, um when it had been like two years of doctor's appointments I'd kind of settled into the realization that having difficulty breathing might be a daily facet of my life and that's okay. I mourned the life that I had before and then I tried to make the most of the life that I currently had. Um, I I started going to therapy because I realized how much anger I had within me directed both towards physicians and their misdiagnoses as well as my own body. I had kind of dissociated my body from myself as a form of coping mechanism to be like, okay, my body is sick, but I am healthy, like me, like as a person, as a soul. Um, But then it's kind of like a toxic way of thinking because um, like, it's really easy to get mad at your, your body. Um, And so like, it took months of work to be able to release that anger and sadness and frustration and to love both me and my body for what it was able to do for me, which um, instead of focusing on, you know, what it couldn't, which was difficulty breathing sometimes in my life. And and that mindset change was incredible. Um, I really just like felt freer as a person. I felt, you know, more confident in how I approached um, life. And it was less draining, you know, you've put all of this energy towards like being angry. And when you kind of let that go, which I, I sound like a, like a monk right now, I really <laughs> do not mean to. No, you don't. <laughs> um, uh, but, but yeah, I, I found that to be very powerful. And then 2.5 years into it, you know, kind of after it had this realization, um, I went to a new, really young, like, super bright pediatric pulmonologist who was actually in my hometown. I didn't even have to like travel since like super far to be able to to see him and he diagnosed me with vocal cord dysfunction which is essentially when your vocal cords tighten up and um it makes it it difficult to breathe it's really difficult to diagnose most people keep getting diagnosed with asthma over and over again which is something that i i had experienced because you have to have a camera in your throat when you're having a vocal cord dysfunction attack to really be able to prove it Um, I found out that there wasn't any medication I could take, but I could control the amount of stress in my life and learn some breathing techniques. Um, And they said, like, you know, I'd grow out of it in my mid to late 20s. So it's still something that I'm managing day to day, um, like right now. But I've tried to learn to manage it as best as possible. And um, I made the lifestyle changes needed so I didn't push myself too hard or get stressed or overwhelmed. And I really began you know, listening to my body. Yeah. It sounds like the journey started with the grief, you know, not being able to have that life, but then the acceptance of your body and who you are. And then getting that diagnosis is so helpful. So relieving. So relieving. Yeah. And now it sounds like you have the tools to 
get to where you're at and create this successful mm-hmm. Empower Health company. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I'm very grateful to have been able to um, learn how to manage my condition and get a diagnosis as, as quickly as, as I could, which is, you know, still 2.5 years is like a long time, but there are plenty of people out there who are still struggling to find those diagnoses. And, um, you know, I, I just want to like take this time to acknowledge everything that they're going through and that I'm here for you, that I like, I'm listening. I understand what you've been through um, and what you're currently going through. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that because yeah, a lot of the listeners have, or they get diagnosed and it, it just continues. Sometimes it's a new diagnosis on top of that, because once you have one autoimmune disease, more likely you've got a few underlining ones that haven't yeah. been revealed yet. Yeah. I want to touch on, you said that you manage your health. How do you do that as a CEO of your company now? Yeah, it's really hard. It's really hard not to burn yourself out when you're like, trying to found your own company. Um, you know, I got burnt out and overwhelmed once in uh, high school, which triggered my vocal cord dysfunction. And then uh, once again, in co- early on in college, um, again, my sophomore year of college, actually. Um, and so when I started founding this the last six or so months, I have been very diligent and when I set goals for myself, trying not to be too aggressive, um, where I'm, I'd be pushing myself day in and day out, which I, you like see TV or you read articles about founders that are just like, you know, they don't get any sleep. They're like just stressed out all of the time. And it's very, very easy to like get to that, get to that place. And so I'm trying my best to make it sustainable and the most enjoyable for me. So everyone um, on my team, we really prioritize mental health on our team. And uh, when we have mentors and advisors, like we make it clear to them that this isn't like a quick returns company that, you know, a lot of investors and stuff want startups to be. This is like, we're going to like build this slow and steady so that it's sustainable for everyone working on the project to really get it out there. Um, Because it's a it's a marathon, not a sprint. Um, And and I I do my best to listen to my body um, instead of pushing through signs when it's tired. Um, Like, like for example, the the first sign of my throat being tight, I'll take a step back, take a 30 minute break and then approach the rest of the day with, okay, what absolutely needs to get done today? So I don't feel overwhelmed with the long to do list (laughs) that I have. Yeah, self-awareness first, and then prioritization and planning. Yes, of course, of course. Yeah. Well, let's switch now to your vision. What is Empower Health? Yes, I would love to. And I can talk about this for hours, so please stop me whenever um, like you want to. So essentially, when I was in college, I began to do more research on medical gaslighting and bias during patient-physician interactions, and then it was a pretty eye-opening experience. So I found a statistic that one out of every five women will experience having their pain dismissed by a provider at some point in their life, um, and like that statistic seems so significant, uh, like 20% of women, but it also occurs with like the LGBTQ plus population, first generation immigrants, um, 
people with like autoimmune diseases uh, or other chronic illnesses and especially like people of color and then if you're a person of color with like any of these other <laughs> groups that I mentioned it's just exponential um, yeah yeah and so I was like okay like this idea that I had in high school to have a healthcare provider review platform um, is something that like, like I want to build this. I want to be able to give feedback to physicians whenever something goes wrong or when someone does something um, like uh, great, uh, like acknowledging that, you know, they misdiagnosed you before, that that is also like promoted and celebrated as, oh, that is a good action that you should also demonstrate to other patients. So, um, you know, like the one line blurb is Empower Health is a community-based healthcare provider review platform aiming to discourage, prevent, and eliminate bias um, during patient-provider interactions. And so on one side, after a visit, patients can write reviews for providers that they saw, give them feedback on what they did well and where they can actively improve, um, and our platform, we've made writing a review as not overwhelming as, as possible. So we walk you through factors to consider and it can all be done with a couple of cl clicks without you having to type out your experience if you don't want to. Um, and at the end of writing review, you can optionally share demographic information about yourself. So for example, I would share that I'm a South Asian heterosexual woman. Um, but on the other side, patients that are looking for physicians can filter through reviews to find reviews that are written by people like them. And that's where the community-based part comes in. So by writing a review, you can directly support your communities in warning them of providers that they should stay away from and promoting visits to those that are empathetic, professional, and knowledgeable. Okay. So it's very interactive. It's not just you put out your review. You can really understand and see where these other doctors are coming from and kind of put up your own assessment and see. Yeah. yeah. So what is the criteria that you base these reviews on? Um, yeah, so the criteria that we base reviews on are communication, thoroughness, knowledge, professionalism, and empathy. And so the natural follow-up question might be like, how did I, like, how do you come up with these categories? So we went through other physician review platforms and read hundreds of reviews, grouping main concerns with physician behavior into these five buckets. Um, and like a lot of the other platforms, when you leave a review, there's like very, very little like guidance on what you should be reviewing. And so you find a lot of people leave reviews on like, how nice the receptionist was. Did they find parking? And while those are um, extremely valid parts of the experience of going to a doc, uh, like a doctor's office, we really wanted to focus on just the physician-patient um, interaction itself, um, because that that is where that you know like medical gaslighting or um, like dismissal of pain occurs, and so. Um, these five categories also align with how like treatment is taught in medical schools and factors that contribute to quality of care. Uh, on our website, you'll also notice additional feedback buttons under each of these five categories. And, okay. Yeah, and so under these, so for example, um, under communication, there's like, were they easy to talk to? Uh, was the conversation one-sided? Questions like that. Um, 
And for that, we did the same. We looked through past reviews. We read scientific literature on what does communication at a doctor's office really mean? Like, what is good communication? What is poor communication? Um, and we also just talked to people. We, we've been testing our product with a bunch of um, users, uh, you know, at, at UCLA, but also people from certain communities. And we wanted to make sure that their experiences or their concerns with providers were being captured in the buttons that we've had. So a lot of research has gone into um, the categories that we have. On our it sounds like it. And you mentioned really looking at other platforms too, where doctors are reviewed. How was it other, other than looking at the parking lot and the receptionist, how else is it this Empower Health different from other other review physician reviews? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. Um, and we get it a lot. So I just kind of want to start off high level by saying that, um, you know, other physician review platforms certainly do exist and, and they're huge. Um, I like to think of ourselves as having last mover ad advantage. So we are like another player coming into it years. These other platforms were like made in the early 2000s, some in like the, the 90s. And so we're building our platform with the full intention of the disparities that exist within the healthcare system and, and kind of how we can equalize care. I think um, early 90s, very simple, like for review sites to like, oh, it's a five-star rating system. This is incredibly like innovative, um, which it was at the time. I do not mean to dismiss anyone's work, but um, now how can we go beyond a five-star rating system, which is why we have more thorough feedback to providers. Not only are we breaking it up into these five categories, but there's even additional feedback that you can provide. Um, and so we really hope that this contributes towards like improving quality of care. The second thing that I touched on is that we're community focused. So we allow, <clears throat> we allow communities to um, support each other by filtering reviews and you mentioned interactive components. Um, this part of our website hasn't launched yet, but when you see reviews, we actually have two buttons that you can click on each review. One is an um, empathize button, which is just to be like, I feel you, I hear you, um, you know, your experience is valid. And then the other button is an like emphasize button, which is essentially, I've experienced the same thing, kind mm -hmm. of similar to like an upvote system in, in Reddit. Um, and so, yeah, so those are some of like the community-based aspects of our platform. And there's two other things. So we don't want to portray Empower Health as like a patient versus physician kind of platform. Um, we want it to be an iterative process on how to better improve care with, with patients giving, you know, constructive feedback to physicians and physicians hopefully taking them up on it to improve quality of care. Um, it's not you know, physicians are, especially during COVID, physicians are trying as best as they can. But, um, you know, everyone has blind spots. I like to describe it as like a blind spot monitoring system that you might have on your car. You know, sometimes you don't notice that you have these implicit biases. And so we want Empower Health to be this platform where you can kind of check yourself um, on the quality of your care. Yeah. And yeah. It, it what sounds like you're being really cognizant, you know, you took the information from how medical doctors are trained. So you're basing it on that. And then you are basing this communication or how they're, 
their interactions are on these key factors, but you're going a little bit deeper instead of it being, like you said, five stars, you're giving more emphasis to what makes that so important? You know, what did they do? So it's not just a general way of speaking. And you could even, like you said, have these communities and create more emphasis. Oh yeah, I had, you know, I applaud that doctor. Yeah. And it's not to be uh, rude, but it's actually to, hey, everybody's human. Maybe they didn't mean a certain interaction. And so it gives an eye opener to how could we better ourselves as a medical health community in in the United States. It's this United States or just is it global? So right now it's it's the United States specifically. You can review any healthcare provider. So not only just like physicians, but therapists, nurses, physical therapists, chiropractors, whoever accepts insurance, um, you can you can rate them on our platform. Um, and, and you're exactly like like hitting the nail on the head. Like we're we're trying to do a handful of different things that are are different than existing platforms, but we, one of our company values is empathy actually. And we want not only doctors to um, display empathy towards patients, which is severely lacking in our system, but also recognize that pro- uh, providers are also deserving of empathy and they also um, may not actively be trying to, to hurt us through their actions. And how can we, you know, provide feedback to them in a way that's constructive? Yeah. Can you walk us through how the user will go through your platform? Yes, I would love to. So um, our URL, which it will be linked as well, is empower-health.us. And when you go on this website, and if you want to leave a review, you will be prompted to create an account. And I know that this um, can be worrisome for a lot of people because of like data privacy concerns and stuff like that. So I just want to address that like, like first off. Um, we use an account to just for you to keep track of your reviews, to control what data you share and to write faster reviews. It also just allows us to verify that each user is a real person and to block malicious users from writing reviews. Um, we've also found that doctors, when a platform is purely anonymous, will not take the review seriously because they'll be like, oh, it's it's spam or it's like someone that um, has a vendetta against me and they've written 500 reviews against me. We want to make sure <laughs> like that is not um, the case. And so just note that this data is not shared in your review. Your name is not shared. Your email is not shared. Everything is anonymous um, at the time of writing the review for your specific visit, you decide what you want to be shared or what information wants to be shared. So very much like empowering to yourself and your data like concerns. So you'll start off by creating an account. You'll have to verify your email. And then after that, it's pretty straightforward. You look up your doctor. And once you find the doctor, you can begin writing a review. The review will be the five areas that I mentioned before. And then there is an additional section for additional information such as wait time um, as well as how long the doctor spent talking to you and these two questions I think are really interesting because a lot of scientific research has been done on specific minority communities spending longer in wait rooms or getting less time talking to doctors and so but like there is 
very few studies like done on this um and we want our platform to kind of be a way where like every doctor can get access to this information on whether there are some communities that are visiting them that are actually like spending longer th than other communities mm. um and then the very last section is uh, additional comments which is very standard for review sites you know if you want to provide additional context to your story you can um and if you want to share your name with that you can but also you can just have it be anonymous as well so it would show up as an empowered user has left this review and there's no name associated with it at all um, well, it sounds like you really thought of everything <laughs> and even the fact what we just mentioned about minorities having more of a wait time less interaction with the doctor that's very important i mean and then you're creating that data and also giving privacy to the user if they, if they want it yes we, we have we are trying our absolute best to account for everything and we still find that we get emails on how like this could be improved and you bet that like in our next meeting we talk about it as a team to be like okay um this is feedback that we've gotten this is a, a super valid concern how did we not think of this and we like sp spend the next two weeks trying to fix it um yeah, yeah. and the very last part of the review process after you you know write your review for a physician is a page that essentially asks you to share any demographic information you want to so um this information is pulled from your profile. You can select whether you want to share it or not. Also, if you want to share just certain aspects, so I just want to share that I'm a woman. I don't want to share my race or my ethnicity at all. Then you can do that as well. Um, and this is just to help your community find the right provider um, by selecting information to affiliate with your review. So um, again, completely optional, like the power is in your hands, um, but it's just another way to support your community. Oh, thank you. I can't even imagine how many hours. Well, I guess it took you eight, eight years to come up with this platform. And, and it still sounds like you're open to feedback. You're not saying this is the only way to do it. You're really concerned about how other people are viewing the platform itself. Yeah, it's extremely important given that, you know, everything, all the content we're generating, the value of the platform is that people like write reviews on it and like try to find doctors on it we want to make sure it's as useful to people as possible and once you're logged in how do you specifically focus on awareness of efforts of ethnic minorities chronic illness pain or people identifying a certain way how do you do that yeah yeah so um, a huge part of our awareness efforts, as you may have seen, play out over social media. So we explain what medical gaslighting is, what groups have been affected by it, how it manifests differently for each group. Um, but what's a little bit more hidden and nuanced is that upon logging in and writing review, like there are two things that occur. Um, when you leave a review and you tell us like demographic information about yourself, you're allowing others in your community to learn that they're not alone in their negative experiences, which I think is very valuable for um, for these groups of individuals. And the second is that, you know, you're helping your community find a doctor with whom that they will have an experience that they like. Um, and then, the, sorry, the other aspect of it is like 
Uh, each data point that's collected once we hit a certain threshold of reviews for a provider, we are aggregating the data anonymously and sending the provider a report of like, oh, this is what, these are your the specific points um, in your treatment or in your behavior that are impacting these groups negatively. Um, and so they can see where their implicit biases may lie. Later on, there are more specific resources that we'd like to incorporate into the website, such as like a resource hub or a forum for each of these groups where they can learn how to stand up for themselves, educate their physicians, or even like very simply like send them resources on how to best treat their community. Um, but right now we're, we're just focusing on the review writing um, part itself. Yeah, one, one focus at a time. <laughs> yeah, there's but... so much that can be done in this regard for like, um, every community face very unique needs and you know we want to be able to hit each community and solve each unique need but it's going to take time to do that yeah and it sounds like the more users you have like I'm in San Antonio Texas so if I start putting reviews I would be one but if I let other people know the more it builds and the more um, database you have in San Antonio for the, the health care community here. Yes, yes, exactly. It's all about network effects. It's all about telling people, you know, because um, uh, some of the other healthcare provider review platforms, what you'll find is you'll go on a provider and they'll have like three reviews and you're not sure whether that's an accurate representation of the provider or not. So um, yeah, it's really all about like focusing on a geographic area, trying to build up a lot of reviews in that city. Uh, but we're also like uh, pursuing other methods to getting a large number of reviews for certain providers. So uh, we're actually reaching out to doctors to see if they would be willing to tell their patients after every visit to leave a review from for them on our site. Mm. And this is it's complex because only really the good doctors want to do that. You know, no one, <laughs> no one that knows their treatment isn't the best is going to be like, yes, please give me feedback. But we have found that there's some doctors that are so passionate about health equity and really are actively trying to improve their treatment um, of their patients and minimize biases. And so working with those physicians um, is a priority for us right now. And it's an advantage for them too. If they're, you know, the like one of two physicians in San Antonio that have a lot of reviews for them, you're gonna be like more inclined to, to go visit them as well. Yeah, yeah, so it's a, almost a win-win. And, and you're not only helping the patient, but you're helping the doctor get more established in credibility. Yeah. yeah. What, what changes have you seen so far in implementing Empower Health? Yeah, so there's been a couple. Um, in the first week, or the week before our first launch, we began talking to a friend at UCLA who's done a bunch of research on uh, LGBTQ plus inclusivity in data collection and in technology. And we realized that our drop down boxes for both gender identity and sexual orientation weren't as inclusive as they could have been. Um, and that's something that's just so important to us as a company that we've been prioritizing, like, like changing it. And the change is actually going to be implemented like in one or two days, which I'm really excited about. But they were single select options, even though we had a wide variety of, of different like sexual orientations. Um, 
But this new update this week includes multi-select and a w- even wider selection of options um, because we just want to make sure that everyone feels like they have a voice and that we're acknowledging their identity um, on, on our website. Um, we also realized how big of a concern data privacy is. And so we've been changing a lot of the web, like the copy on our website to emphasize that the reviews are anonymous, but you know, the sharing of data is all in your control. Um, so those are some of the changes that we've been doing. Yeah, it's constantly updating and shifting and pivoting. And that's part of why I think you're going to be so successful because you're willing to take this information and be open to it and, and find a easy way to implement it for not only the doctors, uh, patients and keep it in nice and clean. Cause I've seen the website and it's very user-friendly. Oh, thank you. Thank you. That means a lot. Our UI UX designers will be extremely proud, <laughs> proud to hear that. What's your vision in the next five years for Empower Health? Yeah, so I want Empower Health to become the the platform uh, for when you're looking for a doctor. I want writing reviews on the platform to be like your default, become second nature after you visit a a doctor's appointment or any healthcare provider. Um, At a high level, I want more and more patients to be able to find physicians and providers that are comfortable with and love and have physicians like incorporate feedback onto our site. I mean, incorporate feedback on our site into their practice. So this is one of the dreams and goals that I have, but it's to be able to provide um, healthcare providers with like yearly updates on how their treatment has improved. And so if there are um, specific uh, like weaknesses, we can track those weaknesses over time to see if they've actually like diminished and see like what they've gotten stronger at over time as well. I want to facilitate more unbiased physician visits and just have providers that are more culturally informed. And then as I've touched on before, longer term, I want to tackle some of the other factors that contribute to inequities in care, such as um, focusing on the health needs of certain communities during trainings and certifications, uh, improving the diversity of providers within hospital networks, and solving some of the language barriers that immigrants face. These are all like really high level problems that require institutional change, but I hope that in the five years that Empower grows, we're, we're able to have enough like say in power as a company to kind of, you know, talk with really large players and um, enact some of these changes. Yeah, it sounds like you're already on your way. I mean, the first step is the vision of having that. Yeah, that is true. (laughs) And here's some, or is there anything you want to add that we didn't cover on Empower Health that you think is important for the audience to know? Um, I think I just want to really emphasize again how important it is to uh, tell your friends about it, to try writing a review yourself. If there's any feedback that you have for us, you know, our email is in really big text at the bottom of the website. Please feel free to email us. Um, we want to get as many reviews as possible in a whole bunch of cities around the U.S. so that when people start, when we launch the find a doctor portion of the website, there are, you know, thousands of reviews that are ready to go and ready to be read. Um, yeah, <laughs> I think that's it. Yeah. And now we're at this part where I'll just ask you some questions. Um, the same four questions I've been asking everybody. 
if you can go back and give your younger self a piece of advice, what would you tell yourself? Yeah. I think I would say to my 16-year-old self, you know, let go of the anger towards the healthcare system and your body. Like your body is doing the best for you it can and anger only adds to the stress and lack of mental clarity and how drained you feel day to day. And that's not to say like canary stop fighting or don't become complacent. Um, but diminishing your anger will actually make you stronger because you can focus your energy on areas of your life that are more important to you and, and make your heart feel more full. Yeah. Healing. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> What's the biggest challenge you're facing right now and how you're tackling it? I do have a question on this question. So is this like personally or with Empower Health or either? Either or. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, in terms of the company, I think it's been a struggle to get the word out there about our mission and our platform um, and how it can help almost everyone, you know, not just women, but immigrants, LGBTQ plus community, people of color, anyone that goes to visit a doctor's office really. Um, and then once people find out about it, it's been a struggle like incentivizing them to write reviews because, you know, we can't let people find doctors on our website unless we have reviews to display ratings. It's a little bit of a chicken and egg problem there. And so, Catch 22. Yeah. <laughs> um, so in terms of tackling this problem, the first part has been raising awareness. So pursuing every opportunity to speak on podcasts such as these or speak at conferences or events. We're working towards creating an ambassador program um, for people struggling with um, a chronic illness to, you know, so there's so many incredible influencers out there that have made such a powerful platform on Instagram. And it is a joy like going through them and seeing how real people are. And, you know, a lot of these influencers have reached out to us and be like, how can I promote this platform? So we're working on, on creating a program around that. Um, and then we've been also like building a community on social media ourselves. The second part of incentivizing reviews has been what wording works best on promotional materials. Like what are the major roadblocks people currently face? Um, and then we're also gonna start experimenting with monetary incentives, like a hundred dollar Amazon gift card raffle or stuff like that as well. See, see if that works. Um, and, and yeah, so there's like a lot of different ideas we've been throwing out on how to tackle these challenges, but it's something that I think about 24 seven. Um, and yeah, I'm just really looking forward to seeing like how much we can grow the platform and how quickly it will grow. There you go, guys. Everybody make a review if you're listening. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> and I know this has been on your mind for 24 seven. What keeps you motivated especially during the hard times like this? Yeah. It's been knowing that the work that I'm doing and that my team is doing could help people across the country and um, prevent the incidents that I experienced like happening to other people. You know, medical gaslighting is really, it's really, it really sucks. Like it, it causes um, a lengthened period of symptoms if you don't get diagnosed an increased severity of the disease. It can result in increased healthcare costs, emotional trauma, and a severe distrust of the healthcare system. And 
if we can play a part in solving any of these problems or all of these problems through our platform, um, then it would be totally worth it. Um, I think back to how hopeless and angry I felt and I wish someone was there to help me that would listen that would understand that would say my feelings were valid that would like stand up to the doctor for me and that's everything that we hope empower health and the platform will be by leaving a review you are standing up for yourself and making sure that the doctor listens to your concerns in a way that isn't as intimidating as telling it to them <laughs> to their face yeah they're like your dad with you. <laughs> yes, you like yes. <laughs> and before we part, how can the audience find Empower Health and keep in touch with you or Empower Health? Yes, that is um, a great question. So um, if you would like to learn more about our, our company, our platform, or write a review, you can visit www.empower-health.us. Um, each review takes two to five minutes and you'll be actively supporting your community. Um, if you're interested in following our community on Instagram, we're focused on raising awareness of medical gaslighting and health inequities. Um, our handle is at empower.health.us. If you have any questions, concerns, comments, or feedback on the platform, um, you can email us as well at ask.empower.health at gmail.com. Um, yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. I can tell you do have a love for it because you have this big smile on your face. Thank you so much for your time. And you I so wish much. you the best of luck. Let us know or let me know what I can do to help. Thank you for listening to my interview with Aneri, the CEO of Empower Health. Please check out the website and create an account and submit your review of your healthcare provider. This will help your community not only from medical gaslighting, but improve patient-physician interactions. If you enjoyed this podcast, please follow or subscribe to the show. If you have time, leave a rating or review. And please share the episode with fellow autoimmune warriors so they too can have hope. Thank you.